chamar. Morning, Lydia. Morning, Thomas. Morning. How are y'all today? Morning. Get up here so you can see me. Where you at, Thomas? See the tree in the background? Out here on 501. That's a nice field. Yup. Leah, how are you this morning? I'm good. Good. I pulled up everything this morning and started and it said, we do not recognize your webcam. You can't broadcast today. Uh, but it eventually had to restart everything and it eventually came around. Say hello, Jackson. What's up? Who's that? It's uh my buddy. You got friends besides? Yeah. It hasn't been official, but they, they're thinking if they don't get to come in more, they should go in the first weekend of June. But they may just have summer staff in the first week or so. And so did you see where they made the announcements? Where they could change week eight to week seven. Our seniors want me to have a day. Well, we need to do We have a breakfast cake. Eggs and waffles. Somebody must have made that for you. I know you didn't get up and make it. No, I just did make it. Okay. <laughs> and sweet tea, not milk. Yes. <laughs> She got video off. <laughs> hey, Liza. Hey, Miss Liza. Mm -hmm. Good morning. That's hey, Courtney. Courtney. Mm -hmm. Sabrina has Barney. <laughs> Jake Snake. Hey, you, Jake. You want to just take these on or put up with the other three? We were just connecting all the inside of them. Which one? Hey, you. Good morning, Jake. Oh, Jake the Snake. Huh? I didn't see it there. My bad. Oh, yeah. You want to go to the other trailer or you want to just take me? Yeah, hey, Thomas, you mind muting what y'all talking over there? You can mute me. I, my hands is kind of dirty. I got you. She got you. 
It's a lot more slimmer. Oh, Good morning, Brody. Good morning. Hey, bro. What's going on? Good to see y'all. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I'm, I'm close to the internet, so. Did you make it to Florida? Uh, yeah, we did. We're at, we're at this little Airbnb, and uh, it's pretty cool. So, I'll probably have Mo and Juju and everybody running in and out. I got to stay close to the house and they're, they're getting ready to eat breakfast, but I don't think it'll be too distracting. But man, it's beautiful down here and it's like, it's already like 80 degrees, 78 degrees. Or something. That'd be nice. How long of a drive is that? Took us about eight hours. Okay. We've been coming down here since uh, 2015, I think. Um, I was there's a church down here that I was speaking at, and this I, I just asked. I said, "Hey, is anybody? I'm, I'm trying to find somewhere to take my family." And anyway, there was a connection in that church. We started coming, and he gives us a really good deal. He, he I think he charges about half price. And I hate the ocean, and this is on the lake. This is right up San Cruz Alley, right here. I am. I love the lake. You got a place to stay in Roxburgh sometime. I'll get Kate to come up. And we'll drag you around on a boat. That'd be fun, man. I want to. I want to get out there. I really do. We talked about coming, like me and Sean and a couple of guys just driving over. That'd be good. I talked to Brody. I talked to uh, Kahuna early last week. Oh, good. He's crazy, man. I uh, I went over there. He was having a hard time getting his. He couldn't get his window. He he said his window was stuck on his car, and we went over there, and he had it locked. <laughs> Classic Kahuna move. Yeah, he hasn't hit anything else yet, has he? Not not in the last week. <laughs> uh, I was giving him a hard time about his drive, and he said, "Man, you sound like my family." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we ride him so hard. Oh, it's bad. Mm. I just got him. I just, you, you remember Duncan Edge? You know oh, yeah. Duncan? Oh, yeah. I, know I just Duncan. got a text message from him this morning. Said, I hope you have a good morning this morning, Stan. Oh, he's, that's cool. He's a How, did you meet him at Be Strong? Or? Oh, no. no I met, I met him on a plane going to Africa. He went with y'all. That's right. That is cool. I love that guy. I think I talked to him by the fire down um, the night that they cooked steaks one night or something okay. down there by your fire at the old, for the yeah. house burn. Yeah. And because uh, we were sitting there thinking, man, we know each other from somewhere. He also comes to the Be Strong events. I think so. Yeah. He's he's become a dear friend. He, he jumped on one Wednesday night with us. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. He's such a good dude, and he's they've really gotten by on what Gar's doing, so that's cool. Yeah, they have. Well, guys, it's about Sarah Wade time. It's three minutes after 10 or so. So we can go ahead and get started. Has anybody got any names for the prayer list this morning or anything? Can we pray for my family? Because my great-grandfather, Wade Lawrence, passed away yesterday. 
Oh, he did? Yes. It's okay. And I've got Colby and Ron and the healthcare workers and Christine Denny still on here. And Wilma Paul. Who? Edna Long. We'll, we'll get started with prayer, guys, and if y'all don't mind, I'll pray for us. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come together, Lord, and we understand it, and we trust that you're going to work through this, and you're going to give us strength and courage to beat the coronavirus, that when we come together, we'll all be glorious again. I ask, Lord, that the lessons we learn will go through us with the rest of our life. I ask, Lord, that you be with the people on our prayer list, to be with we, with Wilma Paul, to be with Mr. Lawrence and his family, and we pray for his soul, Lord. I ask you to be with Colby and Ryan. And along. Lord, I ask you to continue to be with our church as we go through this time, and I ask you to be with our friend Brody as he joins us today, and be with Snowbird as they prepare for a different kind of summer. Lord, I give us strength and courage to be patient and to be flexible during these times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So those that didn't get the email, uh, one of my dear friends, Brody's joined us from Snowbird, and I just thought I'd ask him to give us an update on what's going on at camp, and then we can ask him some questions and go from there. Yeah, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me, and thanks for those of you that are able to join in this morning, sorry, I just muted my thing because there was a plane that so that drowned stand prayer out. Um, it's really good to be with y'all. I'm really thankful. I'm 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 rarely until this coronavirus thing happened, i I never would have said I was thankful for technology. <laughs> but now I am. And uh, I'm especially thankful for, for Courtney's profile picture. Um that is Thank beautiful. You. <laughs> that is a that is a wonderful, wonderful picture this morning. So, um, so, but I want y'all to think about this. First off, are there? I'll give you a minute to unmute and answer this. Are there anybody, any of y'all in here that have not been to to SWO before? Okay, so. Looks like for the most part, everybody's been. Um, so the reason I was asking that question is uh, I've, I've done some Zoom calls, so I got on there and realized a lot of the people didn't even know much about Slow. So um, think about this, y'all. Imagine being quarantined at Slow. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, you know? It's like uh, it's, it's actually been pretty cool. So like my kids, the ones that still live at home and are still in school, it's like every day they get up, they do their school, and then they uh, they just go to SWO and spend the day at Snowbird. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but as far as how it's all affecting us, we had to cancel a lot of camps and things that we had going on in April. And so we canceled our Be Strong Men's event at the March, and then we canceled our women's event 
in April and we canceled like three different uh, youth events. And so now that it's time for summer camp to start, we're just kind of watching like everybody else to see what the news is telling us about what the governor is going to say when we can start back, you know, doing camps and things like that. I think, I think here in about a week, we're going to be able to do a little bit, but it's going to be like groups of 10 or less still. And so um, we're hoping that, that pretty quickly it'll move to at least groups of 50. So we met with, we met with our local authorities, the sheriff and the health department and the county commissioners, and they've all been really good to work with us to try to help get slow up and running. The sheriff said, look, he said, if you guys, <clears throat> he said, if it's once we get it to where it's like groups of 50, he said, I think y'all could run camp and just keep, keep people separated more than you normally would. So that's what we're working on right now. If it, if it comes down time to come to camp, we'll keep everything in smaller groups. So instead of doing a big worship service, we would do a bunch of little worship service th throughout the day. And that would include doing rec in the morning so we could rotate people. So like you would have like, like, uh, like for instance, Theresa would have one, one set schedule that would look different than say the next church down the, down the list. And so maybe you would go to breakfast then you would go to a morning wreck and it would be just your group on say the three man swing, but it would, but y'all would all get to ride the three man swing and not have to, you know, work with other groups and stand in line. Then you would go to a, a teaching session, maybe a breakout or something like that. Then, then maybe you would go to lunch or another session and then lunch. And then you would maybe do another wreck, go down the river and then you come back and have a worship service. Just, it'll look a little different if that's the way it works. Now, if they, uh, if they lift everything and we're able to meet where they say one, one thought is that they'll just say we have to do social distancing. Then we would do the same thing, but it would be a little bit bigger. Maybe we would have like a hundred people because with social distancing, they're saying what, what we're seeing from the government officials is it would probably be like something like uh, a reduced capacity. So if you imagine in the coop, instead of having 400 people, we would have like, 30%, so like 125, 130 people. And we'd do the same thing. We'd have a rotating schedule. So we'd have some people in the coop, some people doing rec. But then this is the exciting part is that, I talked to Stan about this the other day, but we're, we're gonna use a building that's about three miles from camp that's gonna be a lot like what our super coop is gonna be when we build it. It's just this big, huge metal building that's like open, um, kind of you can roll the sides up and it's like open air. It's got like a gravel, pea gravel floor. Um, so it's, it's a big concert venue with a huge stage and it seats 2,000 people. So then we could take, if, if the Swog Week was full, say there's 500 people there, we could take all the campers, all of our staff, go in there and spread out and practice social distancing. So everybody could be three or four feet apart and we would be at the right capacity. So like if that building's 2000 capacity, we could put then, you know, five or 600 people in there and be at capacity. So that's about three miles away. So for the evening worship services on Monday night, Tuesday night and Friday night, we would drive, we'd get in our buses and vans and drive over to that. So that's going to be a little different, but I'm excited about that because that's going to help us sort of see what it's going to be like to even do that in the future, you know, when we actually start doing 
uh, our new super coop project where then then that that'll kind of and and the other thing is this is exciting stan i didn't talk to you about this the other day this has come up since then but um okay so think about uh we might not build the super coop first we might build a bunch of new like a, a couple of bathhouses, a bunch of new cabins a new dining hall expansion and get everything ready to grow and then if this guy's going to keep letting us use this building we would just use it uh, for the next couple of years get camp built up where then the last thing would be build the super coop in this this newer style that's going to be a lot less expensive so then camp could grow like it needs to i don't know if that all makes sense but that's that's the plan right now so as far as how it's affected us it's definitely made us think outside the box and be creative but y'all know us we ain't gonna quit we're just gonna keep plugging away well that's that's amazing that the the pictures that i've seen on instagram of that big metal building would be just an amazing place to have worship service in where you could spread out i was telling brody in all the years i've been going to camp even in men's conference the staff couldn't be in there with us so you wouldn't get this like thomas has been one of our favorites and, and um and curtis has always been, they've never been able to be in there with us while we were having church and it's always would be just really good to have them there with us i think that'd be a cool deal to have mm -hmm. yeah so, um some are still on go uh, bro, uh one of ours mickey is who's on here somewhere is uh is going to be one of your indentured servants <laughs> this this summer so she's looking so forward to it and when this thing came up i think it's been about to drive mickey crazy that i may not get to go you'll get to go i think you'll get to go um are you did, did you get Mickey? Did you get a, um, an email the other day or? Like, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Was that from Nikki? Sir. Was it from Nikki? Yes, sir. Cool. And what and what was she saying? She said that I would probably get to come down week three. Yeah. That's what we're hoping right now. So I think the first two weeks, everyone from the first two weeks has moved into later weeks. And about two thirds of week three has moved. I think week four might be our first really good camp. As far as I say good, I mean in numbers. That's if mm -hmm. all the rules soften up. So yeah, it's just going to mean a, about a two or three week delay for y'all. But you'll still get to come and have an awesome summer. Would you get to yeah. stay for a week twelve? Um, we're working on it. I have some doctor's appointments. I got to get rescheduled, but we're working on it. Okay, cool, good. Because if we like getting to do the extra week at the end, the week 12, that's going to make it like a lot more. I don't know. It'll make it, even though we're, we're missing some on the front end, by adding that on the back end, it'll still make it a really cool summer. It'll be almost, it'll be like two and a half months, you know. You going to need any help cleaning the new I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, you're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. Do what, Stan? Hey, you going to need any help cleaning the new building up? Oh, yeah absolutely we're we we had a meeting on uh friday morning talking about what that's going to look like we walked that property again thursday and made making punch lists and um yeah we're gonna need we're gonna definitely need help with that we 
will probably need a crock is putting together a list right now. You want me to have him get up with you? Would you be interested in something like that? Yeah, I think we could get some volunteers to come up there and help you clean up when we can or something. Okay, like. all right. That's cool. I'll, I'll make sure your name's on that list. We were making a, a list. Uh, I, I wasn't in the conversation, but I heard them making that uh, list, and I, I, I yelled a couple names to them, some guys that have done work teams in the past and brought crews up and worked. But, um, okay, I'll, I'll make sure for sure that Crock reaches out to you. That'd be great. Guys, have y'all got any questions you want to ask Brody? You got his undivided attention. That's right. It's not me and y'all and 600 other people. It's just me and y'all. So now's the time. <laughs> and you still got them all muted. <laughs> Hi. Hey, who's that? Lucas. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Just, just an L. Oh, I see. All right, got it. Yep. That's it. Just hi. Oh, hey, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, you're a Clayton. Are you one of Sean's relatives? Maybe. I, I don't know. Okay. Sean's mama was a Clayton, and they, you know, you know the Clarks, don't you? You know Larry. I maybe if I saw them, they go to church there. <laughs> but there, uh, Sean's mama was a Clayton. That's why I was asking. He had some cousins that used to come to camp. I just, I, I didn't know. You must not be part of that clan. I, there, there's too many of us packed into one county. There's a bazillion Claytons in, in Person County, isn't it? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Clayton in Person County. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That Yeah, we've had a, we had a, another Clayton that came and worked here that was from out there. A few years ago. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. I know this group has never been this quiet in their life. Somebody's got to have some questions. Brody, what did y'all do for Rick when Snowbird started? When Snowbird first started, so like the very, very first, like, I mean, going back to like, say the first maybe 10 groups that came um it was crazy because we just had to be super creative so we would i don't know if any of y'all have ever been up to slow fast but back then there was no no trail up to slow fast now we have a trail up there slow fast is um it's a spot on top of the mountain above camp like you go up kind of above the water slide there and and it's, we've got a cool little place up there with a bench and like it's a cool place to just go and sit, have quiet time. It's a neat hike. And at the end, you can see, oh, oh man, you can see so far, like all the mountains around you and stuff. And so back then, we didn't have a trail up there. We kind of made our own path and it was really hard to get up there, but it was really fun. So we would take students, we would, we would go up on top of that mountain and then we would, on the back side of that mountain onto Kahuna's property, his his he's got property that borders camp and onto his property we would slide down it was so steep we called it mountain surfing but you basically just get on your bottom and slide down the mountain it was so steep and it was so far you would slide about like maybe as long as a football field i mean just slide 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 and it's like this steep and that was really fun so that would take one afternoon that would be a whole afternoon we would do that and then um, we would go rafting because we would just, you know, same way we do it now, we'd go down there and use the boats. The, the, I had a buddy that, that is out of the business now, but he used to be, have a raft company. We'd use his stuff. 
And then um, we would do the horseback riding thing because that guy's a friend of mine also. We'd go over there and, and ride horses. And then – so that was – and then other than that, those first couple years, all the groups that came, we would work around camp. It was kind of like SMO. So we would uh, – planes flying over again. So loud. So low. Um, so we would – we would do like cleaning projects because there was, you know, all it was was a, a couple of tents. It was just such a rough piece of property. Then we got the first cabin built, but there was so much work. <coughs> so groups would work. Then the, the first thing that we built was we built a swing. And it was kind of like the three-man swing, but it was way smaller, so much smaller. And it was a one-person swing. So we built that. Um, and then we just gradually started building up. And, uh, one of the first wrecks in those early years that we did off campus was we would do a repelling trip. And there's a place I got, I got a permit to go into the Nanahala Gorge. There's a place where there's this rock cliff down there and you could go down and um, we would set up ropes and we would repel off of that rock cliff. And, and so, uh, but we quit doing that because it was, it wasn't as tall. It wasn't quite as tall as our tower. So once we built the tower, we quit doing it. Um, and then we actually, we got permission. We, we got permission to go into this rock quarry and it was like this huge hundred foot cliff and we would take kids in there repelling and then that they sold that place. And so we lost permission to that. Um, but yeah, so we were just real creative in the early days, real creative. We didn't have nearly as much wreck. We didn't have the super coop. We didn't, I mean, we didn't have the coop. We didn't have the metal building. We got the metal building about three years in. So the first three years, we just, we didn't have anything. We built the snack shack area, but it was just like the upper level of the snack shack. And it was a dirt floor and it was all open, no electricity or anything. So we would just go in there and meet and have little, oh, I know one thing that was cool. Right when you're coming into the main entrance to camp, down the road, there's a little bitty church and it's not a very far walk and you can walk down this little church. And so we would go in that church and have our morning, I mean, our evening worship services. Everyone would walk from Snowbird property down to that church and we would have our worship service. That church would seat maybe 80 people. And so there would usually only be about 30 or 40 of us. And we'd go down there and do our little worship services. So different times, it's crazy how much it's changed. It is. The, uh, my first experience in going up there, had no idea what to expect, but everybody kept saying, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Just the first time. And, and my first, second or third night, the boys evidently do not take as good of hygiene as the girls do. And, that, and, and when we put the video up of my first trip to Snowbird, I was so glad there was no such thing as smell vision. Because it would have run everybody out and out of that uh, church. But it has become like a rite of passion with our youth to see who has the smelliest and the nastiest uh. um, room there. And it, the boys have gotten into this axe spray, which I have banned. Because that stuff's so nasty. Everything up. <laughs> it's so nasty. That stuff. All that does, all Axe does, is make it smell worse. <laughs> hey, Mo, come here. Say hey to these guys. 
Hey. Hey, Mo. Hey. Did you get some hey. milk this morning? Did you drink milk this morning? No. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Mama got bacon in there, don't she? Mm -hmm. Mo going to get some bacon. <laughs> One of my favorite Mo stories, I don't know if it was, I guess it was the first year. He said he was standing up like a prisoner in his crib with a cup going, Mo wants milk and rattling the daggone bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he would do it. He would take that sippy cup, yeah, and rattle it back and forth on his crib and yell, Mo want more milk. Mo <laughs> want more milk. He'd yell. It'd be like five in the morning. So like, man, what the heck? Mm. Hey, Stan. Yes, sir. Uh, I think Lucas has some real good smelling perfume or something that we can take up there this year, just for you. Uh, I'm very grateful. I think. <laughs> you know, you know that stuff that was in your uh, in your uh, garage. <laughs> or we made it smell so good that time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got a whole bottle of that stuff. <laughs> What's Th Thomas, what are you walking around? What are you doing? I'm planting tobacco. Oh, that does not sound fun. <laughs> 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 planting it ain't as bad as pulling it, but still, not, not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I figured Thomas would have some kind of comments. <laughs> you know, you've always got somebody you can count on that if the lesson even starts to go a little bit off track or even if it's perfectly on track, I've got two of my best friends on this call that are going to steer me off track or make something <laughs> that just takes it down a different direction. You count on Thomas, huh? I can count on <laughs> Thomas and Lucas. <laughs> And he's still my senior, so I'm really going to uh, At least he's, he's my planta. It's, uh, it's too far. What did you say, Thomas? Uh, I was talking to my boy, Sergio. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, guys, um, if y'all don't have any questions for Brody, we'll start on the, the lesson a little bit this morning in a few minutes we got left and just talk about it in general. It's uh, Luke 5, 3 through 11, and 27 and 32. It's, and Luke says, He got into one of the boats which belonged to Simon and asked him to push out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put into the deep water and let down your nets for the catch master simon replied we've worked all night long and caught nothing but if you say so i'll let down the nets when they did they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James, John, who were Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Do not be afraid, Jesus told them. 
For now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land and left everything and followed him. Verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners in repentance. So what's the one question I'd ask y'all is, what surprises you about this? That Jesus called the fishermen and the tax collectors or that they dropped everything and went with him? Crickets? I think that, yeah, I think so too. Because Jesus could have picked anybody. He could have picked somebody like Brody that was in the neighborhood. Brody, you think you'd have dropped everything and followed Jesus when he asked you? No, I don't. I think I'm, I'm sad to say that, but I think I think uh, I would have, you know, later Jesus says, consider the cost of following me. And I think uh, when I was when I was a young Christian and God was first calling me to ministry, I, I pushed back against it and fought against it. So I'm sure I would have fought it. I, I'm sad to say that, but to be honest, yeah. See, I'm the same way. I, I, I talked to the youth the other day about there was a preacher in my church that thought for some reason I should have been a pastor. And I ran as hard away from that guy as I could run in my life and made sure that I, did, I became an engineer rather than coming anything close to being involved with the church. But you know, Jesus doesn't just call anybody. You know, he calls a lot of different people. And you think of the people he called in this situation, they were fishermen. But you know, a lot of those qualities that were fishermen made them good disciples. They weren't afraid. They were very courageous. They would go out fishing at night because the time to catch fish then was at night. The, there were predator fish in the Sea of Galilee, and the fish would come out at night when the bugs were sitting on the top of the shallow water, and they caught the fish at night because they were feeding on the insects on the shallow water. So when Jesus gets in Peter's boat and tells him to push out, he's got a captive audience of the people on the shore, but he's also got a captive audience of Peter. And when he, Peter is talking with Jesus and Jesus tells him to go out into the deep water and let down your nets, can you imagine a carpenter, someone that you know doesn't have any fishing experience, telling you to go do something. This would be like um, one of the new staff members with Brody is Hank Parker. His dad has won the Bassmasters a couple of different times, I know. That'd be like me giving his dad advice on where to go fishing. I don't believe that'd go over real big. <laughs> but 
So the carpenter tells him, and Peter reluctantly pushes out and goes and does it. And when he throws out his net, it's, it's, a, it's like a round casting net that we have with the weights around the edges and it scoops the fish up. But what you got to remember about this is Peter was acting on faith. Even though he didn't believe, he was acting because he calls Jesus master in this story. Luke is the only one that uses master to call and talk about Jesus. He's the only book that does it. But master is basically a term of submission. And master is, Peter is telling Jesus that he will do what he says. So he throws out the nets. And one of the things I thought was really interesting about this story was that also it teaches us something about Peter. Because when Peter got the big catch of fish, he didn't keep it to himself. He called his friends to come and share in. And that's what Jesus does for us in our life. The blessings that Jesus gives us are, are not for our reservoir. We're supposed to be the channel that passes these blessings on to other people. You see, Peter could have kept all the fish for himself and gone on back to shore, but he didn't. He called and he shared with his friends. That's what God calls us to do. Jesus calls us to share our blessings. We're supposed to pass these things on to other people. So they get to shore, and Peter does what we're supposed to do. We're supposed, he admits he's a sinner. He admits that Jesus should leave from him because he is a sinner. But see, that's what Jesus is here for. He's here for the sinners. He's here to take care of the sinners. We learn in this story that Peter was a very good fisherman, but he took time and had faith in Jesus. He went with Jesus. His first act of faith was pushing out a little bit. If he hadn't pushed out that little bit, then he wouldn't have had the chance to push out into deeper water to catch the fish. Sometimes taking that first step, pushing offshore that first little bit is the hardest part about following Christ. You know, the fish that were caught were so many that they filled the boats. It talks about the nets almost broke. Now these were not Dollar General, Eagles, you know, any of those grand strand places that you see casting nets out. These were professional nets. These were strong nets made for this one purpose to be a tool in Peter's livelihood. And there were so many fish in them that they almost broke. But also remember that Peter pushed out in the middle of the day. We talked about it just a minute ago that the ideal time to catch fish on the Sea of Galilee was at night. So sometimes the blessings that come to us are when we do something that doesn't make any sense to us at all. Sometimes Jesus calls us to do things that we think with our mortal ability we can't do. And he's right. You're right. You can't with your mortal ability. But sometimes we limit Jesus. We limit the amount 
that Jesus can do in our lives because we see our mortal self and we don't see what all Jesus can do. If Peter had not pushed on to deeper water, he would have missed the miracle. But Peter had faith in Jesus and did what the master told him to do. You think of Noah had faith. Abraham had faith. Joseph was thrown into the pit and actually had faith in Jesus, the God, the whole time of his life in Egypt. Think of Elijah. He's fed by the ravens. Well, the ravens were actually a dirty bird. It says in the Bible that you're supposed to stay away from the ravens and not eat them. But they were the ones that brought him food. Then he went to the widow's house. Told her to fix him the first biscuit or piece of bread and then fix the hers and the son's second. The flour and the oil never ran out. Elijah had faith. We all have to have faith like Peter and Elijah, Noah and Abraham. So we do move on to Matthew. Matthew is a tax collector. He's a Jewish tax collector. So they could, whether he's an honest tax collector or not, the Jews think he is a thief, a sinner. He is one of the worst people that they can know. But Matthew stopped and followed Jesus. Brody talked a second ago about counting the cost. I think of Matthew's faith in following Jesus when he called him as an amazing person because Peter could go back to fishing. If, if this Jesus thing didn't work out, Peter could go back to fishing. Matthew couldn't. He was quitting the Romans, so the Romans wouldn't like him anymore. The Jews already despised him. He had nowhere to go if this Jesus didn't work out for him, but he still left. But he did more than just leave. He was so excited about Jesus that he wanted to share Jesus with all of his people. He wanted to share Jesus with all of his friends. Matthew's mission field was right there around him. He wanted everyone to meet his, his Jesus. Do we do that? Do we tell all of our friends about Jesus? Are we so excited about Jesus that we're willing to share with every one of our friends? Then, of course, our Pharisees and scribes show up, and they're not happy. They're complaining to the disciples about what Jesus is doing. You know, if you can picture Jesus on the beach as the lifeguard, and you've got the sinner out in the ocean drowning. Jesus can't save him from the lifeguard stand. He's got to get out and get in the water with them to save them. That's the only way a person can be saved. He talks about the doctor. Jesus didn't come to heal the righteous. He came to heal the sinners like you and me. So when you think of what Jesus is telling the Pharisees, he's basically putting them down. He's saying, hey, look, y'all don't need me. You think you've got it all under control. 
but I'm coming to save the sinners. He's coming to give us that personal relationship with God. And that's the only way we're going to have a personal relationship with God. I want you to think about that this week as we go and talk. And I'm going to ask Brody if he's got any comments he'd like to make or stories he'd like to tell that from his teaching on this. There we go. I had to unmute myself. Um, yeah, it's really cool. When I saw in your text that you were teaching this, this is the first sermon I ever heard Kahuna preach was on this text. Um, oh, wow. And uh, the, the two that I remember were this and this 23rd Psalm sermon. And uh, it's always been a, a text that stood out to me. But I learned a couple of new things this morning that I never, one that I never learned and another I, I thought was really a, a great and challenging point when you said Peter, he could go back to fishing. He had a trade, but, but Levi couldn't because he had burned that bridge with the Romans. That's a really good point. I mean, that's really insightful. And I was, uh, I was encouraged along those lines this week. I told our staff, I said, Hey guys, you know, there's the old phrase, burn the ships. It's the idea that, uh, an army would arrive on a foreign soil and then they'd burn their ships. So there's no escape. The only, the only option is to conquer or to conquest. And <clears throat> I think Matthew or Levi has that, he shows that kind of mentality. Like there's no turning back. I want to live like that. That's how I want to live my Christian life is I want to, I want to have the attitude that there's no other option. There's no turning back, you know? And, um, and, with with Snowbird this week when we were having that meeting, I was explaining or, or sharing with our people that we need to live our lives in a way that if Jesus doesn't come through, if God doesn't deliver for us, then we're going to look foolish and, and there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be uh, results that we can't recover from. In other words, like I uh, think about Kilby and Greg, like uh, – Blue and Brit, Bobby and Meredith, the missionaries from SWO that have gone overseas. If the Lord doesn't come through, Gar and Kimberly, when they get to Togo, West Africa, if God doesn't come through, then they're stuck in a foreign land or they're, you know, they don't have a way to make a living. It's that kind of uh, Christianity is how I want to live. We tend to be very comfortable because we've got things we can fall back on. But anyway, that I really appreciated your lesson. And that, that's, that point really challenged me this morning. And, um, and then the other thing that uh, I thought was so good was how you talked about this happened in the middle of the day when I didn't know the reason they fished at night with the feeding and stuff, but that makes sense. I, I, you know, I like to, I like to crappy fish and I like to go out the coast and flounder gig and a lot, a lot of times catfishing is done at night. A lot of times I fish at night, you know, and um, it makes sense. But in the heat of the day, you don't ever fish, man. There was an old, uh, I think it was Mark Chestnut country song where he said, it's too hot to fish. <laughs> you know, it's like you get in the middle of the day, like this morning we fished a little bit. I let Mo get out and fish. I Mo did with his little, he got a little Mickey mouse pole and he caught a couple of little brim, a bluegill or something. And I was up here reading my Bible, watching him down there. And, and, but once it heats up, there's not much fishing going on, you know? So that was neat. Those fish I'm sure go way deep when it would get, the heat of the day you know they go down to cooler water so anyway i i enjoyed it that was good stan had no clue what song you were talking about 
Because Stan's a rock and roller. <laughs> if I I should have quoted uh, Steve Miller Band or uh, or, yeah. uh, or, or uh, the Almond Brothers or something. Yeah. <laughs> when I had long hair, that's why I looked like I was in the rock and roll band back in the eighties. Marshall Tucker Band. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we went to Canada, I had hair down past my shoulders. Tim Wade said we look going to we're going to a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> mm. Has anybody got anything they want to say this morning while we're all together? Later today I'm going to see my puppy. What you say? What, Maggie? I'm getting a new puppy today. Oh, it's a beagle. Oh, that's good. What are you going to name him? Um, my dad wanted to name him Trey because he's the third beagle we've had. But I said, um, what about Chase? And I think we might name him Chase. Oh, well, that'll be nice. I'm like Brody, guys. Y'all know that I am technology challenged and that uh, this, uh, this Zooming and getting together with y'all where it beats not doing anything at all, it's still difficult. And I, I miss the times we get to see each other and talk and and uh, have our little fun together. And I'm looking so forward to hopefully before the summer's out, we can have the Wednesday nights at the house and they'll let us get together in groups of more than 10. How's snow going to work out? How's the missions going to work out? Yeah, is missions going to be any different, Brody? Because I know there's both groups that are from that are SMO and our week on week eight are from Roxboro. Yeah, are y'all SMO? Yeah, we're SMO this year. Yeah, so more than likely we're going to have to uh, just mer more than likely it's not 100 percent more than likely we'll have to merge SMO into the regular program. The reason being, our SMO uh, like like the way we get our jobs for SMO primarily is through Foursquare, and that's a that's a North Carolina. That's connected to the state, uh, state government. It's like a state subsidized program. And they've shut that down because 80 or 90% of who we work on is the elderly. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want those people to be at risk with us going into their homes. So we're, we're talking about some other options for SMO. One of those options, and Sean's going to be reaching out to all the SMO groups. One of those options is, if people really want to still do SMO, there's more than enough work to do at like at camp. Actually, we wouldn't leave the property. So we would do mission projects at, uh, at SWO or at the new facility, the new like SuperCoop facility. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one option. It'll still be, it'll still be like a separate program as far as an exclusive thing where like the SMO group will meet in the morning but here's what's interesting. We had already made major uh, changes to the SMO program for this summer because we had so many people in SMO wanting to be a part of the main morning sessions at camp, where in the past they were only in on the Wednesday morning session. So we'd already changed Tuesday, Thursday SMO schedule to have everybody at camp on Tuesday and Thursday mornings um, so they could be in the main session. So it'll look different. It'll still be SMO. It'll still be something that's a little different than like the regular camp schedule, but yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, so more like with that, it's going to be stay tuned till you hear from Sean. He'll or reach out to Sean because he did. He was telling me, said, "Man, I, 
I think a lot of people would love the idea of, even though we can't go into these elderly homes, they'd love the idea of working out camp, you know, so. Oh, yeah. We'd be glad to. Whatever it takes, we'll be glad to do it. Yeah, um, but, you know, whatever it takes, we'll be glad to do it. Our uh, our group's pretty versatile. They can do about anything, or if they can't, they'll tell you they can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Thomas and Lucas, but um, I, yeah, Josh, we're very blessed like to be able to still get together. I tell you, I, I did a Skype call two years ago for the first time, and I had said, "Man, this technology, nobody's gonna ever do this thing very often." And <laughs> me and my attention to detail, I had no idea that it would become this popular. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It's like the Lord set it all. You, know, you can look at this thing and go, oh, I totally see how God set this all up. He did. And, and I'm not real sure what the true lesson's going to be out of this for all of us. Uh, a friend of mine, Sarah's husband, Tim Wade, said that they've actually sat down for dinner a couple of nights at different times. And every night is totally different than what their old lifestyle was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to this verse. For, this was from my quiet time this morning. I read, I read five psalms a day. If you read five psalms a day, guys, uh, five chapters in psalms, then every month you'll have read through the entire book of psalms. And so it's a really cool reading program. But I do five psalms a day and one chapter in Proverbs. And but listen, this is from this morning. Uh, and the way you do it is you do it. The, you do it on the third. It's called the thirties. So today is the third. So you read Psalm three. Psalm 33, 63, 93, and 123. You jump 30 chapters, and you do that um, every day. So anyway, uh, the Lord looks down from heaven. He observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He forms the hearts of them all. He considers all their works. A king is not saved by a large army. A warrior will not be rescued by his strength. The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. Literally, my, my psalm this morning, Psalm 33, verses 13 through 17, tell me that God is watching how we're handling this, and we're not going to be rescued by science or military or doctors or governments. The Lord is watching, and he's the one that, that gives us deliverance. And I know a lot of you young people, you don't really feel the, the stress or burden of all of this, but guys like me and Stan and some of the other uh, adults that are on here, it's it's very stressful times because we got to figure out how we're going to keep a business alive or a ministry alive, and it's easy to get caught up in how can I do this, and then we end up doing it in our own strength, and it takes God. God's the one that's going to bring us through this in the end. But that's encouraging to know. He's definitely in control. We just have to be patient to wait to see where it goes rather than stand taking advantage of going, oh, I can do this, this, and this, or I'm saying, hey, God. I got this. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I am notorious for that. Yeah, me too. But guys, I just want to thank y'all for getting on. I want to thank Brody for joining in with us. Brody, if you would close us in prayer, I'd be grateful, man. I would love to. And thank y'all for having me. Lord, I pray that you'd bless every one of these young men and women and these leaders, these mamas and daddies. And I pray that you would encourage them in this time of 
of uh, separation from the body of Christ in a lot of ways. Lord, I thank you that you've you've given us salvation. I thank you that you've given us your word to read and study. I think you've given it. Thank you that you've given us people like Stan and, and pastors and ministry leaders and those that have Christian mamas and daddies and older brothers and sisters in the faith. Thank you that you've given us a model where we, of discipleship where we can invest in one another and where younger Christians can be encouraged by older Christians and we can all be encouraged by one another and how us, us older Christians can be encouraged by younger Christians. It's beautiful the way the body of Christ works and the way you've mm-hmm. called us to love each other well and encourage one another. And um, I thank you for that. I, I, I thank you for the beauty of the day. I, I don't know what it's like in Person County, but I thank you for the sunshine here and a reminder that you are the creator and that, um, that you've got the whole world in your hands. And like we read in Psalm 33, you're looking down at us and, um, and you're, you're mindful of our ways and our lives. And I thank you for that. And I uh, thank you for Stan's words this morning from the, the gospel Luke. I thank you for the way that those early disciples set an example for us of leaving everything and following you. They weren't perfect. They made mistakes. They even ran away from Jesus the, the night of crucifixion when you needed them most. But in the end, they were faithful. And I pray that even though we will fail at times, we will be faithful to the end. Thank you for that reminder. And I pray that till we see these guys at SWO this summer, you would, you would guide their steps and their ways. And we'll thank you and praise you for everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank, thank you all for being on. If you all want to stay and talk a few minutes, I'm going to stay here. If, you, if you're done, then you're done. I'm grateful for you all. Brody, thank you yeah. for joining us, man. It was awesome. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it, Stan. And I'm going to bounce off of here and go throw Mo around in the lake. Let me show y'all. See if I can get this thing to turn around where you can see my view. This is pretty impressive. All right, let me see. I can. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a white sand beach. And that dude, about 30 years ago, the guy that owns this planted a bunch of palm trees down there 20 years ago. Anyway. It's going to be a good way to spend an egg. I'm going to work from this picnic table here most days this week, but kids will be able to play, and I'm just going to enjoy it. So, But thank you all for having me. I'm going to go down there and play with Mo for a little while. All right. See you, bro. Bye. See y'all. See you, Stan. See you. See y'all Wednesday night. Bye, Stan. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Bailey, you did good today. Thank y'all for joining on. Bye. See you Wednesday. See you, Luke. Y'all come to see me sometime. Bye, Miss Kate. Is she asleep? Bye. <laughs> we love you, Kate. Missed you this morning. Me too. Me too. <laughs> see you, girl. Talk to you later. All right. Love you. Bye.